announcing that this is station WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, your Dharmic free speech station. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Today's program is officially titled Pandora's. Renegade Box of Food Solutions. This is Mike, and I'm here with some folks who have been here, and they're still here. We are here with... Oops, I know you're on. really Maybe. aching for us to leave the airwaves, so we promise not to torture <laughs> your ears too too long today. It'll be gentle torture, anyway. It's probably legal in the Let United States. Yeah. Uh, I'm here with Ali and Shock, who have just been here to do the show Renegade Solutions, and also, Arwolf was on the show, Renegade Solutions, and he will be doing Face the Music afterwards. So I'm not sure what I'm doing, but this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And, well, let's, let's just get started here with whatever it is we're doing here. Now, I wanted to talk to you folks about food of all kinds. And the first thing I brought up was the thought of indigenous uh, American cuisine. cuisine. And... When, when you uh, answered my answering machine message, uh, Shock, I got about five, six other kinds of cuisine at the same mm-hmm. time. And I said, okay, let's talk about every kind of cuisine ever known to humankind. And Why not? We're going to probably spend the next 15 minutes running on every recipe ever known. I mean, does that sound reasonable? Sounds good to me. Okay. But we'll start then <laughs> with, uh, food, with indigenous American uh, food traditions. Is there anything particular that comes to mind? Yes. Well... I have to say that one of my favorite indigenous dishes that most people probably here in Ann Arbor have never sampled is called tchanicha. Hmm. And I will say that in 1993, I went out to uh, South Dakota to the Pine Ridge Reservation, and I went to a place called Red Shirt Table, which Hmm. is right on the border of the Badlands. And I was asked to help out at a Sundance that was being held there. And it was, uh, I w- people were a little nervous for me because I am not American Indian. I'm a Sri Lankan Jew. And okay. I was treading on AIM ground. It was the American Indian movement people who were throwing this Sundance. But oh, okay. I went, I was welcomed. The elder grandmother took me in hand and she said, okay, get ready. And I, want you, I need you to <laughs> wash these intestines. And <laughs> this woman drove up in a tr- dump truck or a pickup truck and she had half a buffalo carcass on it. It was mm. frozen. Wow. Some strong Lakota men came and hauled it off the truck and put it in a tent. And these two little old granny ladies, Evelyn and Viola, two really nice ladies, mm-hmm. went in there with some dull axes. They were dull axes, I can tell you, because I was trying to chop wood with them and they couldn't chop wood well. They washed them off and they went in the tent and they came out with perfectly filleted chunks of buffalo meat. And they handed me the intestines, me and this other woman who had volunteered to be there. She was an American Indian woman from Canada. I don't know what tribe. I think she was Blackfoot, possibly. And I said, what do we do with these intestines? And she said, we're going to make the tchanicha. So first, 
we didn't have any running water, so everything was hauled in. We had a big basin of water, and we just washed those intestines as best we could, something I've never done in my life. People who have prepared chitlins maybe know a little bit more about it, but I've never done that either, so it was an experience. Wow. I know some pe- not everybody knows that chitlins are intestines, and yet they are, but yeah. Yes, and I didn't know whether to turn them inside out or not. I didn't, so we just washed them as best we could, chopped them up, and threw them in a pot with some store-bought cow kidneys, which I thought was an interesting addition. Store-bought cow and store-bought kidneys. store-bought wow. calf liver. Okay. And thrown in a pot with no salt, which is the traditional way to cook it, and hmm. no tasting it before it's done. Because if you're doing sacred food, you're not supposed to taste it. But I was thinking, who's going to be tempted to gnaw on some raw intestine? Not me. <laughs> and I didn't know how this was going to turn out. And we cooked it over an open fire. We dug a pit, and there was a big blazing fire with a pot on it. And it cooked for about four, I would say even four or five hours. And when this was the last day of the Sundance, it's special sacred food. They were also cooking puppy stew that day, I should mention. Puppy stew. Could you elaborate what that... uh, Puppies as in a dog? Yes, as in a puppy dog. And this is also a sacred food out on the reservation. And there were three little puppies walking around. And they said, well, this one we ca- we're calling too big for Stu because he's too old. And this one we're calling not Stu yet because he's too little. Oh, okay. But this one we're calling <laughs> Stu because he's just right. Stu, there's a name. And it was my luck that that day they were having a hayoka ceremony and a kettle dance in which the puppy is prepared in a special way and painted with s- sacred paint. And then he's quickly strangled. And then skinned, his hair is singed off and he's skinned, and then he's cooked in this kettle. And when the puppy is done, this special person undergoing a hayoka initiation, which means he's a contrary, plunges his hand into the boiling stew pot and brings out the puppy head. And the spirits tell him who to give it to, and this puppy head has special medicinal properties for them to eat. And then everyone eats the stew afterwards. So I didn't get to try any of the dog stew because there were too many of us there. Although I would have. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, sure enough, he put his hand in the pot and pulled out the puppy head and was, gave it to someone who was very ill. And I'm sure, I have no doubt that they experienced healing from that. So meanwhile, while this pu- kettle dance was going on and the cu- puppy <laughs> stew being cooked, the, the tchanicha, the intestine, buffalo intestine stew was ready. And let me tell you, those old people out there love their tchanicha, but the young people wouldn't touch it. And I want to tell you, it's the best <laughs> soup I've ever tasted in my life. I added really? my own salt to it, and it tasted like macaroni. It was, like, incredible. And I didn't feel hungry all day. The buffalo intestines tasted like macaroni. It had the texture of macaroni. It had the flavor that fat gives to things. And it, it was very tender, fatty. very tender? Tender, delicious. I can't tell you. I crave tranicha, folks. Let wow. me tell you. It's really good food. And this Hayoka medicine man came up to me when I was cooking. And he said, you know, if you just eat a little buffalo meat, you don't have to eat the rest of the day. It, it gives you everything you need. And do you know, he was right. I had that one bowl of tchanicha. I didn't need another thing. Wow. And then plain boiled buffalo chunks of meat. And the chunks of meat were about the size of a softball, if not bigger. Okay. And everybody was supposed to bring their own bucket. And me and the grandma walked around with a cooler that she had filled with the stew meat. And we parceled it out to people and they put it in their bucket and took it home big steaming chunks of buffalo meat no salt just plain water no onions just plain cooked in water that's how they do it out there wow and this is in south dakota near the badlands Mm -hmm. yes and what is the place called again it's called red shirt table 
and, and it's, it's a tableland. It looks like a table. And, and that's on the Pine Ridge Reservation, reservation. in South Dakota. Okay. Right on the edge of the Badlands. And if you go down off the table, you are in the Badlands, surrounded by seashells from millions of years ago. It's, it's wow. incredible. That's amazing. Now, I want to ask a question. You were talking about the fellow who put his hand in the stew. Mm-hmm. And you described him as what now? Hayoka. He was... Uh, Which means a contrary... Or he, I think he had had a dream of a blue man. Um, I don't know the details of that dream because that's personal and private. But um, suffice it to say that he had a dream about the thunder beings in some form. And one of the ways they can show up in your dreams is if you actually dream of lightning. Mm-hmm. Another way is if you see a blue man. Hmm. So um, he had seen the blue man, I believe, not the lightning. And he, it was determined that he should undergo this initiation to become a contrary, which means that for thereafter, thereafter he would, and forevermore, he would have to do everything backwards. Oh, okay. Walking backwards and uh, other activities backwards? And speaking backwards. So if it's really hot out, he'd say how cold it was and be wearing a parka. And if it's really cold out, he'd be wearing shorts and saying he was sweating. Wow. Wow. That's, I, I really feel like I was there. I mean, you just, that was a great picture. I mean, I, I feel, and I can smell the food too. I mean, that. It was delicious, believe me. It yeah. sounds weird. The only thing that didn't taste good was the store bought kidneys and liver. No, no, mm. you, you never can deal, trust store bought, really, I have to say. Now, Ollie, you, you have some thoughts on uh, food and such? Uh, you know, right now I've got a serious case case of the munchies, so oh, I think okay. I'll just okay. Uh, you'll just uh, I'll just leave it to shock here. He has the historical perspective because you know people think if you go to the powwow, what's the traditional food? And the girls who were here last week joked and said, "Cut up hot dogs with uh, spaghettios." Spaghettios, right? <laughs> they, should, they don't offer that at the powwow. I don't they? That's traditional reservation food, and mm-hmm. yeah, commodities are a big part of modern reservation cuisine, but. Actually, modern commodities entail flour and lard, so what do you mm-hmm. make out of that fry bread? But oh, okay. uh, the Lakotas didn't always have that, and the, the Indians in our country didn't always have that. Now, fry, so fry bed, fry bread, yeah, <laughs> fry bread, fry bread, you know, what you just said. Yes. <laughs> Actually, some people might not be familiar with that, so can you describe that just real quick? Fry bread? Sure, it's really simple. It's just flour and water and maybe you might add some people might add other things to it but at its most basic it's flour and water and baking powder and you make it into a dough and you fry it in oil or lard and uh, it's delicious it's wonderful and people do a lot of different things with it i've noticed the, I, I, I noticed that indian tacos are really popular i saw those at, at a few stands around various places they're delicious mm-hmm. yeah. very fattening Oh. But you can also sweeten them up, which is, of course, what I like. You know, honey, powdered sugar, something oh, like that. That sounds To wonderful. me, they're just a vehicle for, yeah, cherries, something sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds wonderful. And those who also might not know, we, you've been talking on your show, uh, Renegade Solutions, about the Ann Arbor Pow Wow. I'd like to just talk a little bit about that. That's coming up this weekend. That's at Chrysler Arena, and it's... This Saturday from 10.30 to 9 and Sunday from 10.30 to 6. And, well, it probably would take more than a few, uh, two minutes to talk about it. But uh, do you have some, some thoughts about what it's all about and what are some, of the, what are some events that are they're interesting about? I mean, I'm sure it's all interesting, but... Well, we tried to pump the student body that's running it for information, but nobody seems to know who the host drum is or who's been invited. And <laughs> and if any of you out there know, give us a call. But um, we don't have any information about the drum groups, which is my main yeah. interest. Of course, but there will be food. 
Yeah, the doors, I believe, open at 10.30, but the grand entry uh, will be at noon. And then in Chrysler Arena, in terms of the food aspect, I think one side of the arena usually just has the typical um, popcorn, hot dogs, Coke, you know, the usual Chrysler Arena food. And then at the the other end of the arena is where they will have Indian tacos, fry bread. And some other foods of that nature. Yeah, and I heard there's going to be buffalo jerky, which one of the girls was excited about. But I've seen it there in the past. And it, I'm not sure it looks like the traditional kind of buffalo jerky that you might find, like, if you were out in Pine Ridge. Hmm. But, um, okay. I mean, I, I suppose there is some form of preserved meat that's going to be available. <laughs> Our wolf? I just wanted to offer one piece of practical advice. If you're going to that event in that structure... Um, People who've been there before may notice that the amplification system is a little too good, and you really might want to bring something to stick in your ears. Earplugs, huh? Okay. Yeah. As a That's... as a partially, um, I have partial hearing loss, mm. and so I take it really seriously. And I, I generally, when I go there, I put stuff in my ears because <laughs> it's very, very loud. I also stand there and cry. I mean, I just I love to hear the people sing and beat their drums, and I love to see the people out in the regalia, and it's a, it's a beautiful tradition. And it's uh, for, if you're a thoughtful person, you'll probably start crying, too, because it's, it's very heavy with a very, very heavy history behind it. But be sure and protect your ears because it's, um, mm. I don't know what they're Good thinking, advice. but it's, it's as loud as an Alice Cooper concert in there. <laughs> oh. The other thing is, uh, if you're at the powwow, you might spot a Hayoka. Yes. Because the, the dancers will dance clockwise. clockwise. Which is traditional Always clockwise. in most Indians, uh, But if there societies. happens to be a dancer at this powwow who's Hayoka... They'll be going counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. And, and you, will and not, you will notice You that may person. notice one or two people dancing in the opposite direction. And that you might think, why are they being so contrary? It's because they are contrary. <laughs> they are contrary. contrary. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and again, that's something that probably came to that person, as you said, in a dream. In a dream. Yes. That that is how they have to live their life. And this is all, if you just tuned in, we're talking about the Ann Arbor powwow. This is the 36th powwow in Ann Arbor. It's at Chrysler Arena, and Arwolf says bring your earplugs, but also bring your <laughs> eyes and ears and and your nose, because it's probably a lot to see, smell, and experience. Yeah, yeah, and, and the drumming is beautiful to hear. Yeah, the, the dancers are beautiful to watch, and it's, and it's just a great event. I'm hoping that some year, and I'm putting it out there, if any of you are out there who are thinking about selling, being a vendor at, at this powwow, won't somebody please bring some real traditional dishes like some stewed moose nose or um, beaver tail, roasted beaver tail? Like, I'm dying to try the really traditional foods. Mm. You know, I'm not buying this fry bread stuff, folks. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I want to see some moose nose out there. Okay. And if you cook it, I will eat it. <laughs> this has been a commentary on Pandora's Renegade Food Network uh, Solutions. This is a hybrid show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're guests, uh, Ollie and Shock from 
Renegade Solutions here on Pandora's Lunchbox, and there's so much to talk about, so much going on this weekend. And we've just started talking about the powwow. We just heard about the hash bash a moment ago. And we're going to take a moment to listen to a song that was actually accused of being a drug song, but is actually based on a children's book. So this will hopefully get us in the mood. And if there are food references in there, well, that's just gravy. So we're going to listen to this. This is Creedence Clearwater Revival. It's a very popular song, but I haven't heard it in a long time, so let's check it out. Hi there. That's Creedence Clearwater Revival. Just haven't heard it in a long time, you know. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. That is a song about people participating in the hash bash. Little known fact. Actually, amazingly, the song was written before the hash bash, but they predicted it. Also, it's a song about a drug trip. Okay, actually, that's kind of a lie. Uh, welcome, Ollie and Shock, back to... Uh, hey, we're happy to be here. Yeah, Pandora. really. Pan- I was just saying to Mike, I'm so glad to be here, because as you know, I never stop talking, but I also never stop <laughs> eating, and I really love food, and I love your show, and it's just so fun to be on it. Well, thank you. Well, I never stop talking, and I never stop eating, and our listeners never stop talking or eating. I've done a survey, and that's pretty much <laughs> true. So that's, if, if you're listening... So you, you're among friends, yes, obviously, you Shock. Know, you know it's true. But actually, to, to tell the truth, which I do occasionally, uh, Creedence song, Looking Out My Back Door, is based on the children's book, And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, which was written in 1937, I believe. Not about drugs, but, no. you know. 
And Mulberry Street is an actual street in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I have walked down Mulberry Street. I've mm. never seen an elephant there, but... Oh, yeah? Giant spoons? No, and no giant spoons either. No. But I'm sure Dr. Seuss was kind of uh, living in his own little world in alternate reality Springfield. There you go. And alternate reality is is good for you, as a matter yes. of fact. Yes. That's true. And now, uh, shock. So, Ollie, um, you guys cook food? You think about food? Yes, uh, constantly. Okay. And, uh, I mean, although lately I'm kind of bored because, you know, when people have food allergies, it really kind of limits your repertoire. So poor Ollie can hardly eat anything. Oh, and no. our whole cuisine is down to chicken, basically. He can't eat lentils. I like to cook dal. Oh. <laughs> um, can't eat, he can't digest them. Oh, dear. We're very limited. I taught myself how to cook Mexican cuisine. That's really fun. And did you know that's actually also indigenous cooking? Most me- what, things that we think of as being Mexican, people forget. You know when Bush called his grandchildren the little brown ones? Oh, yeah. Well, you know why they're brown? Because they're probably American Indian, you know, from Mexico, folks. Yeah. And uh, those tamales and enchiladas, those are tortillas, all very ancient food. And you can see those kinds of foods even um, in murals and Mayan murals and Aztec murals that are in vivid colors painted. Really? Wow. There's still so many things buried in, uh, you know, Mexico and in South and Central America that we have yet to uncover. But I'm sure we'll be seeing more frescoes over the years of food, Mm -hmm. what the ancient people used to eat. And I think if you think about like what a tamale is, it's the women... Indian women spent a lot of time grinding this corn flour by hand that tamales are made with and making the masa harina. And a woman was judged marriageable by how fine she could grind her flour. Really? So, you know, if you couldn't grind your spices, uh, you know. That was it? And your flour. Yeah, and the, co- the corn was what was indigenous to uh, this continent. That's right. Yeah, one time I was on the Hopi reservation, and, uh, yeah, the women were creating these like paper thin uh strip uh (laughs) i don't know what you'd call them but like they were incredibly thin corn-based uh bread and they would just lay it on a a wood fire for like a minute or two and then you'd eat it it was was amazing yeah yeah crispy and peaky bread yeah it has that kind of smoky charcoal taste but it was just delicious you know just corn i'm sure it was just corn and water yeah, because someone just was saying amazing. to me yesterday, oh, I said, oh, I just ate a bag of corn chips. And they were like, oh, junk food. And I said, hey, if you're American Indian, that ain't junk food. That's your staple <laughs> food right there. Corn chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the real way made the real way. You saw it. Wow. Yeah. But I, I like tamales because there's something about creating a little package with a surprise in the center. Like you can oh, make yeah. an all corn tamale which means you're wrapping it in corn leaves or banana leaves, whatever region you're from, you use whatever leaves you have. And um, you can either put some sauce and some meat inside, or you can just leave it as a whole corn thing. But it's just very exciting to kind of wrap something up and steam it for a long time, either underground or, you know, roast it over a fire. That's just kind of exciting when you open it and you have this, like, prize inside. Yeah, that's... Well, I want some now. Me well, too. <laughs> well, I've talked to uh, Pilar, the, the owner of Pilar's Tamales. Oh, love her tamales. And that's uh, from uh, El Salvador, I believe. And they, they're they wrapped in plantain leaves, if I if I remember Ooh. correctly. If I, I hope that I'm correct on that. And if, if you're out there and you're listening and you're yelling at me, I apologize. But I believe that is correct. But there are a lot of different ways to make tamales. I love the idea as a present, you know, surprise inside. 
And of course, there are dessert tamales. Yes, I've never had one. Oh, they're amazing. You know, oh. with, with a shredded um, pineapple or with raisins. Ooh. Yeah, they're really amazing. And corn? Corn. Yeah. Oh, nice. And with sugar or honey? You know, that I don't recall, hmm. but uh, pretty marvelous. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, I've, I've, I have a recipe for caramel stuffed tamales, and I am going to make them someday because corn is Ollie's favorite food, and it's pretty mm-hmm. much the only thing he can digest besides chicken. So. <laughs> <laughs> And he likes rice. The Lakotas didn't like rice when they were first given rice by uh-huh. uh, in the 1800s by uh, those reservation agents. They thought that they were giving them maggots, bags of maggots. Oh. They didn't realize it was something you could eat, a grain. Hmm. That isn't yeah, ironic because their ancestors, you know, may have been eating a lot of wild rice, you know, yes. back in the 12, 13, 1400s. That's right, because they were originally in Minnesota. from the Great Lakes area. Yeah, yeah, the Lakota did spend time in the Great Lakes area. Wild rice looked uh, a lot different from the white rice that was probably served up. Very much so. And I think it's actually a whole different plant from the sort of rice that you get from the Far East. But yeah, that's a, a definitely an, an Indian delicacy from around here, the indigenous delicacy. And I think sometimes, some years, they do have people selling the wild rice soup mm. um, at the powwow, which oh, okay. might be something people could look forward to. I, I'm not making any promises because I don't know who the vendors are. We just don't know. Yeah, there's... Wow, you know, you know, it's almost a half an hour gone already, but I do want to say, again, Dance for Mother Earth, the Ann Arbor Pow Wow, is this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's at Chrysler Arena. It's at on Stadium Boulevard, 333 Stadium Boulevard, and it's Friday from, no, Saturday from 10.30 to 9, and Sunday from 10.30 to 6. Now, I also want to mention something else that's going on, not only the Hash Bash, uh, which we heard from CCR about that a moment ago, but also Festifools. Have you guys heard about that? Oh, I forgot about that. It started last year, and I didn't go to last year's, <laughs> but this year, Festifools is going to be happening on Sunday at, oh dear, here it comes, Sunday at 4 p.m. It's going to be happening on in downtown Ann Arbor on Main Street between Washington and William, and there are going to be huge puppets, and the specifications you should know about the puppets, they must be under 14 feet tall. Okay. Oh, is that all? That is so they can clear electric lines. <laughs> no larger than six foot wide. They must be handmade, human-powered, no motorized units. It must have its own crew of operators to set up, performance, and take down. So these are all going to be at the Festival Celebration. There will be ma- huge puppets. There will be music. I... And just, it's going to be really exciting. Festivals, and you can look it all up at festivals.org. How did this get started, Mike? Do you know? Actually, uh, this is a function of an initiative at the University of Michigan called the Lloyd Hall Scholars Program. Hmm. And they're just a creative bunch of people. And they were inspired by various other people. This is actually a group called Bread and Puppet out of Vermont. And then there's Superior Concept Monsters, which is uh, the original. They are the official pageant puppeteers of the New York's Village Halloween Parade. And the folks involved with it also went to Via Reggio, Italy, to learn from the esteemed float builders there. So mm. there's going to be all kinds that of stuff. That sounds great. Yeah. So when is that going to be again? That is going to be this Sunday <laughs> at 4 p.m. Wow. And it's going to be at, on Main Street between Washington and William. And it's, if it's nice out, it'll be worth checking out. 
Yeah, no, I heard something about partly sunny and nice, so that that would be awfully Ooh. nice. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Get down yeah. there. So yeah. That, that sounds like the most fun so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got the powwow, we got the hash bash, we've got huge puppets. Huge mungus paper mache puppets is how they describe them. Huge mungus? Huge mungus. <laughs> I, was at, I saw I'm looking at paper mache and this word huge mongo is this some kind of French word? Huge mongo paper mache? No, it is Huge mongus. <laughs> it's the Midwestern. Huge mongus. So that's going to be Festifools, Ann Arbor's annual street festival of huge puppets and random acts of April foolishness. Sounds great. That's good. And speaking of April Fools, now, do I have this information in front of me? There's a fellow who tried to rob a place that served uh, it was a, it was a Taco John's in, in, in Montana. So if you're listening, Lucas, out there, our former WCBN DJ, uh, current WCBN spirit, now living in Montana, tried to <laughs> rob a Papa John's with a fake gun that looked like a Glock. It was actually some kind of air gun, a fake gun. And when the cashier refused to give him the money, he went ahead and bought the taco anyway and sat down and ate it. And I'm wondering if he's going to be at Hash Bash this weekend. I mean, I, I think he might be somebody who, who could probably enjoy Was something that like Lucas that. who did that? No, Lucas didn't do that, but this is oh. another person in Montana. <laughs> oh, so, oh, Lucas told you about that? Lu- oh, no, no, actually, Luca, I, I just looked it up, and it's yeah. from Montana, so it reminded me of Lucas. Oh, Sounds like it could have been one of it Lucas's like friends. Lucas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucas is... He, he would have worked out a couple equations, though, before right, Lucas uh, ordering. No, he would have used a book of logarithms, but let's go on. Yes, uh... <laughs> Well, let's go on to the future, and uh, we've kind of digressed to the end of the show in a way that I think is quite beautiful. Thank you for listening to Pandora's box of crushed and collisioned solutions in a can. I've been Mike for at least as long as I can say so, and uh, thank you to Ollie and Shock for sticking around and sharing your thoughts with me. Yeah, it's good to be here, and maybe you'll do a Hayoka show. Start at the beginning and, you know. Wow. Or start start at the end and end up at the beginning. beginning. I'll end end with the theme from Pandora's Lunchbox. Yeah. Something to think about. And then we'll go back in time to... Wait. Okay. (laughs) It's coming up on 7 o'clock and Arbolf will help us face the music in just a moment. But first of all, this from some folks who are observing the hash bash from the side of the road. This is Mr. Louis Prima. It's WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Your dad's favorite. Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Banana split for my baby Glass of plain water for me Dispenser man If you please Serve my chick a mess of calories Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Flip back the lid, scoop everything in sight Make it a rainbow of red, brown, and white Chocolate chip and everything that's nice Tutti fruity one cents, bamoni twice Banana split for my baby And a glass of plain water for me Spray the whipped cream for at least an hour Pile it as high as the Eiffel Tower Loaded with nuts, about 16 ton Top it with the pizza, just for fun Banana split for my baby And a glass of plain water for me Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me 
banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Stack her up with crazy glue Cause that's the stuff she likes to wade right through Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Now add the cherries, the kind she loves too much Skip one banana, use the whole darn bunch Drown it in fudge, six or seven cans Give her two spoons, she'll eat it with both hands Banana split for my baby And a glass of plain water for me Separate checks, it must be Charge to split the, uh, the water to me Oh, the banana splits for my baby 